two, one, let's go. It's time to dad up. Welcome to the dad up podcast, the podcast for dads about dads being dads. Get ready for exciting guests talking about their experiences of parenting, the good and the not so good. Bang that subscribe button so you don't miss a single episode and let's get started. Here is your host, Brian Ward. Welcome to another episode of Dad Up, everyone. Thank you guys for joining in. I'm excited about the guest I've had. On, I got on the show today. He and I have become pretty good friends over the last, I'd say, month or two. And I'm excited for him to share a little bit about his story and his journey, as well as the things that he's part of now. And it's it's a company that I'm that I have been privileged enough to be partnered with uh, over the last month or so. And it's a company that's really making a change to not only technology but helping families. The guy I have on, his name is Sean Clifford, and he's the CEO of, the, of a company called Canopy. And Sean's a married, uh, he's, he's a husband, he's a father of four kids, and I'm just excited that he and I have gotten a chance to connect. So Sean, welcome to the show, my friend. Brian, thank you so much for having me on. Very excited to connect today. Awesome. Well, do me a favor. I know you and I know each other, but uh, you know, for the listeners who may not know who you are, give me a backstory of Sean. Give me a little bit of uh, kind of your backstory, kind of what you what you represent, and then also about your family. And then we're going to dive right in about uh, uh, the company Canopy. Fantastic. So I am uh, been married to my wife for almost 14 years. We have four kids, one girl, three boys, ages nine, seven, four and a half. We do not forget that half. And then uh, two coming up in the uh, caboose there, uh, which makes for a full household over here. Live in Austin, Texas now, uh, where we've been for the past five years and think we are home. I'm originally from New Mexico uh, and married a girl from the South. So Austin feels uh, Southern enough for her to get sweet tea, Western enough for me to get green chili. Uh, and we <laughs> we just love it and have been delighted to be here. So spent, gosh, before moving to Austin, we were in the Northeast for about 15 years uh, between Massachusetts. I met my wife in college up there. Uh, and then DC, where we spent about 10 years. My wife uh, was getting a PhD while there in neuroscience, which becomes relevant for what we're doing at Canopy. Uh, and then we jumped over to Philly, which we absolutely loved, and then ultimately moved on down to Austin, Texas. And it's just been a phenomenal move. Austin's really heating up, as I'm sure you've heard. I think COVID only accelerated that and just got a tremendous community of friends here uh, that we can do life with, which is really important to us. So we are home, happy to be here and excited to continue planting roots and raising our kids in this environment. That's awesome. Now, Austin, Texas, my wife and I just kind of a little side note, my wife and I, and, and my boys, I have two boys, obviously, as you know, and, uh, we were in, uh, we went to Texas about three years ago and spent time in Austin, just a little summer va vacation. Uh, so the next time we get out there, I'm going to have to look you up. Please do. Please do. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's a great place. Yeah, absolutely. Now, um, all right. So uh, we got the backstory of you and your wife, your awesome kids. Um, you got a house full of full of kids, uh, varying in ages, obviously. Um, but what's the, the, let's dive right into it. I mean, you've 
started this company called Canopy. And for my listeners that are listening to this, I want you to really pay attention to what the purpose of this company is because it's so powerful. And uh, there's so many different variables that parents can use to not only help their kids, but protect their kids. So um, Sean, just let's dive right into it. Canopy, tell me about it. Tell my listeners about it. Tell, let us know what exactly it is and what exactly it does. Absolutely. Canopy is a tech company that wants to create a world of healthy tech users. We think that technology is amazing. We're very excited about the possibilities that it affords us for entertainment, for education, for connecting with friends, all good things. And yet we recognize that with technology also come uh, some challenges that we're still trying to figure out how to live through. Uh, I heard one commentator the other day say that we're effectively living through this massive social experiment. Never before have we given kids as young as 10 years old access to everything and everything in the world. And we're just kind of seeing how it goes. And again, we think there's many great things, but we want to make sure that some of the rough edges of that, some of the potential pitfalls that families can encounter um, aren't there. And ultimately, we really wanna make sure that families are in control of what their kids see and what their kids consume. Because right now, when, uh, when you hand that smartphone over or the tablet or the computer, uh, oftentimes what's dictating your kid's online experience, it's a search engine, a marketer, some anonymous stranger. And we think that's properly something that uh, families should decide together. The goal ultimately is to have kids that are independent, that can make informed decisions and venture off into the world, right? We don't, we don't want to kind of always be the present, but we want to make sure that as they're growing up uh, and exploring that there's some guardrails in place so that they can have a healthy and safe experience. So at a high level, that's kind of the vision for what we're trying to do. Let me actually translate that into what our first product does. Our first product is a next generation internet filter that effectively scans all internet traffic in real time and using artificial intelligence is able to identify problematic content, really, I mean, nudity, pornography, and make sure that it never hits the screen of your kid's device. We think that's incredibly important for a number of reasons, but probably the biggest one is this. It used to be that you know pornography was isolated to a few remote areas, they were isolated, and you had to work really hard to go get it. Today, it's everywhere. Right, It's not only instantly accessible thanks to the smartphone, but it also pops up in places you usually wouldn't expect. You know, It's on Twitter, it's on Reddit, it's on a load of, lot of social media platforms, game chat rooms. Uh, you don't even have to look for it. You know, and, and this is, in fact, one of the things we contend with is it doesn't matter if you have a good kid or not. And I think most parents uh, do think they have good kids. It finds them. And so given the reality of that, which sounds alarming, we never want to be scaremongering, but uh, unfortunately, it's just kind of what we live with today. We wanted to give parents a tool to really help their kids be online so they could explore and the parents could have peace of mind. That's kind of a long-winded overview of what we're trying to do and a little bit about how the tech works, but happy to jump into more. Yeah. Now, uh, how did you guys develop, I guess... Uh, there's obviously a ton of research that's involved in before you really start this kind of, uh, I guess you call it, it's an app. So before you really dive into really getting this app out to people, how what, what kind of research was involved? I mean, did you have specialists? Did you have, uh, I mean, psychologists, doctors? I, you know, just, I'm curious. I think there have been kind of two trends that have really helped open my eyes to what's out there. One is that the science is really caught up with what this type of content does to us. You know, 25 years ago, 
we could talk about, well, maybe pornography is addictive. Maybe it's not. And there were debates about that. Now, thanks to advances primarily in neural imaging, like you actually can see what's happening to the brain when you're exposed to it. And so you've seen the emergence of a lot of uh, reports and the data, the, you know, the empirical data all seems to suggest that this type of content is addictive. It is formative. It's shaping your taste. It's rewiring the brain. It's hard to quit once you're on it. And it drives uh, a number of changes that we probably wouldn't want. So just having the science uh, to kind of guide us on that. The second is, you know, as we talked about, I think for, for some parents out there, you know, pornography is Playboy which was a static image that was hard to obtain with maybe 15 uh, pictures in it. Uh, and that's just nothing. That's tame compared to what we're dealing with today. So as the nature of it changed, you've started to see a lot more survey research and behavioral studies that also indicate that what we're confronting today, aside from the scientific evidence, suggests that it's impacting people in a much more intense way. And just to put a fine point on that, again, with, without trying to be alarmist, you've never had more bingeable pornography. It's so instantly accessible. It's high definition videos. So it's compelling to the brain. You have unending novelty. And since it's all there immediately before you, people are, you know, that reward center of the brain is getting hijacked. And unfortunately, people are tripping down rabbit holes that they probably rather not do. So those two big things, again, the science on the one hand and the changing nature of the content itself, especially as it's been revealed in you know survey research and behavioral studies are the two things that kind of suggested to me personally that this is an issue on top of that and you know i i hate to say this but i just have too many anecdotes from friends who either themselves or their kids have um, just had really unfortunate experiences with this stuff and i think it you know it can ruin marriages it can mm. force kids to grow up a lot sooner than we might like uh, and it can really warp their understanding of what a healthy relationship looks like. And so just on the personal side, having seen what this has done to friends uh, and then, you know, since starting Canopy, obviously having hundreds of conversations with parents, um, it's just deepened my resolve that like, gosh, this is this is not something that's serving us well. And uh, it's something that, again, we need to really give parents tools to make sure that they're in control of what their kids are encountering. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. And I'm glad you talked about that. I, I wanted to ask you this, though, when I'm when I'm thinking of it from just being an outside, let's just say I'm an outside person looking at this app and considering um, the, downloading this app to safeguard my family, my kids. And I know and I've asked you this off the air, but I want I want to make sure that I get this question out for uh, my listeners to hear. But what is so different about your company, Canopy? Uh, compared to some of the other apps that may be out there, or even, you know, some of the, some of the cell phones and stuff that we have, have the ability to block certain things. So what, and I'm putting you on the spot here and I hope, and I'm sure you can appreciate it, but what is so unique about Canopy when there's other stuff out there? It's a phenomenal question and a very fair question. So let me tackle it from a few different angles. The first angle is with respect to focus. We are really focused on prevention instead of accountability. There's some fantastic tools out there for accountability, and that's important, and they do a great job of that. We want to make sure that pornography does not appear on your child's device in the first place. So that's kind of the core focus that I think sets us a little bit apart. Functionally, from a customer's perspective, I think there's a few things. So let me begin with what you traditionally find out there. 
most filters out there today rely upon a catalog or a list of bad websites. And so it's easy to stop things like Pornhub, right? You just add that to the block list and you can't get there. And that approach used to work okay uh, back when there were a limited number of websites, but we've now got the proliferation of websites and there's new sites being created every day. So it doesn't really help you with the brand new site that was created 10 minutes ago or sites that have mixed content. You know, and one of the examples we always bring up is Twitter. You can access Bitcoin memes and sports scores and all sorts of things, but you can also access porn. And so the filters there offered an all or nothing approach, all of Twitter and none of Twitter. And we didn't think that was satisfactory. Our tool, on the other hand, scans every website in real time. So we can catch not only new porn websites, but things that were scanned and refined 10 minutes ago, but are problematic today. The second big distinction is that we can filter within websites. So let's go back to that Twitter example. Let's say you get to Twitter and there's 20 posts there and 19 of them are fine, totally acceptable. And one of them contains nudity. Our filter can extract just the bad one and still serve up all the good. And so in essence, we kind of conceive of ourselves bringing a scalpel instead of a butcher's cleaver to make sure that we're only providing you what's safe and you can really have confidence around that. The next thing is, and uh, didn't mention this before, but one of the features that we're really excited about is that same tech that we've developed with the image recognition, we've applied to images that are saved to the device itself. The great application of this is, let's say that uh, your child takes a photo containing nudity or minimal clothing. So, you know, sexting, as you may know, is regrettably a much more common phenomenon. One out of four teens has received one, one out of seven has sent one. And so when they take a photo that might not be appropriate, our software scans it, identifies that it might uh, not be acceptable and gives them a choice. They can either delete it on the spot or they can send it to mom or dad for approval, which we hope is a powerful deterrent, <laughs> helps them get to the right. Mm. And then lastly, just the, the big thing is we have worked so hard to make our filter as tamper proof as possible. We're very much aware that any filter that you can just delete or circumvent isn't very helpful. And for a lot of the tools out there, there are some ingenious workarounds. I typically don't like to get into them. I'll share just one example because uh, this one is a little bit, um, I think a lot of other entities have fixed this. But one of the ways that you can get around a lot of filters is to go to an app, let's say Google Maps, type in the website of an inappropriate company, and then actually open a browser in Google Maps. And so from the filters perspective, you're just navigating Google Maps for two hours. But in reality, you're kind of off to the races on, on a site that usually would be blocked. So that's one example. We have removal prevention. It's another one. Uh, if you set that up, you can't delete our software without the parent approval. And so we're constantly surveying the ways kids are trying to get around these things to make sure that we've got something foolproof and robust. Make sure we lock all the back doors. Well, that's very cool. Um, I love, I, I mean, there's so many different functionalities of this um, app. I'm really, really uh, excited for what you guys are doing and the direction of the company. And I think it's going to help in so many ways. And I'm, 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 so it's just, I mean, I mean, I commend you, brother. I commend you for, for what you're doing. Um, you guys are, I mean, you and I both were kind of on the same mission to kind of improve the family culture and the family structure and uh, in different ways, but in, in overall just improving itself. So, thank you for what you're doing. Well, thanks, Brian. That, that counts for a lot. It's, you know, launching a new company is always hard. Uh, launching it during COVID is especially hard. 
and launching it in a sector that's just hard to talk about, right? It's icky. You know, I never really thought I would set out in the world and kind of find myself talking about pornography uh, day in and day out. That was not like a core mission of mine, but uh, I think it's so important. And I think, you know, all the things that we want for our family become a lot easier if we can just get this out of the way uh, or, or push it off as far out as possible to the point where our kids' brains are developed and they can make uh, slightly better decisions around these things. So yeah. that's the hope and and that's the dream. Yeah, awesome. Now, I do want to, um, uh, I really wanted to just kind of dissect Canopy a little bit to really understand so that my listeners really know a lot about it. And I'm glad that we did that. And obviously this is a podcast about parenting and about dads. So I kind of want to dive in just a couple of minutes about you and your role as a father. You have four kids. Um, and I'm curious, what does fatherhood mean to you? Yeah. Little to no sleep would be kind of like the off the cuff <laughs> hot take, but, um, you know, I kind of think about it in three things. One is just like iconic moments. And so given the age of my kids, again, you know, two, four and a half, seven and nine, it's reading on the couch every night. It's those like late nights and early mornings where my kids are getting out of bed almost every night. Someone's getting out of bed for something. Uh, and it's hard, but it's like such a defining moment. It's the family dinners that we have together every single night, which we just love. So it's it's a lot of those moments that just provide like a real richness and vividness to our, our days and our weeks. The next thing is the, the people. So obviously, first and foremost, my own father, who's a, an amazing man. It's just been an incredible inspiration and source of encouragement in my life, my stepfather, my grandfather's. I feel so blessed to have had men in my life that have provided an example. I'm a huge believer in exemplars, right? You should know who your heroes are and you should absolutely have some strong figures in that hero role for, uh, for fathers. Um, whether it's through literature, pe people that you know in your own life, wherever you find it, I just think it's so important. And I feel very grateful to have had those men in my life to kind of show me what this can look like, um, what, what it means to do it well. Not always to succeed, but uh, you know, to try hard and, and keep striving. And then lastly, it's for me just been a defining informative experience. And gosh, in so many ways, Brian, that we could we could probably discuss right. for hours. But um, I'll share one quote that I think kind of like captures it for me. And this comes from a buddy of mine from college uh, who has uh, has seven kids, and he shared <laughs> with me that the best part about having kids is that it crowds out the self. Um, and I think when you have seven, it really crowds out the self and it's such a, such a countercultural expression. You know, we're all supposed to like maximize ourselves and like find your authentic you. And he's like, no, this is about crowding out the self and it's about doing what needs to be done. It's responsibility. It's a privilege. It's what's needed for your family. And I think that, in stepping up to that and embracing it and leaning into that, it shapes you in the process in a really powerful way. You know, it's not, a, it's not about you, but like you come out the other end, totally changed. And I think usually much better for it. So again, yeah. sorry for all my long winded answers, but that's kind of, that's how I think. No, no, I, I love that. And I, I love first that you started off with little to no sleep. I mean, that's, that's so true, <laughs> <laughs> but you know what, listen, we, when we become, it's interesting. I'd say this a lot, but 
you can never tell somebody who's not a dad what it's like to be a dad because it, it's un, you cannot just can't explain it to them. They wouldn't understand it. And the fact that you bring up the you know little things like and they're huge things to us as dads, but to people that may not be dads, they may be little things. But iconic moments are huge. And the fact that we have influences in our lives, whether they're our our own fathers, uh, men that we've looked up to, um, as you as you had indicated, you know, uh, heroes or other other men that we've looked up to. Uh, those those are all great. But I love what your you know your buddy said. It's it's. It's about crowding out self, right? So I think about that. And I think this is one of the reasons why I started this podcast is that I see a lot of, especially in my own life, I, I'm, I'm around a lot of people that are so in tune with building their businesses and building their companies and trying to um, just really create this huge legacy outside of their house. And things are falling apart in their home, their connection mm. with their kids, the bond with their family, the, the struggles with their wives or their spouses, um, and the bond is lost. And, it, and it's, um, it's affected me in so many ways because I, I've, I've made it a point in my life to have this strong bond with my boys. And I focused more on my family. I focused more on within than outside of the home. Now, listen, I, I seriously, in, in my role as a financial provider for my family, I do take that very seriously. But at the same time, I don't put anything in front of my family. Nothing comes in front of my family. Mm -hmm. And um, <clears throat> I think that's so important. And your, and your friend's right. It is true that, I mean, and it, like I said before, it's one of the reasons why I started the show. I wanted to show dads that, hey, you can build a successful career and you can be a successful financial provider for your family. But at the same time, you can still be a successful father. And I wanted to prove it by interviewing guys like you uh, who have done it. And uh, to in order to help dads that may be struggling in various areas, so um, it's such a such a good point, such a good quote. Um, I love that you shared that. Thank you for that. Of course, yeah, I will. Yeah, uh, I, will, I will give uh, credit where credits due. So Johnny Melton gets the <laughs> shout out. <laughs> all right, all right. Um, now, real quick, I mean, you touched a little bit about your, you know, your dad and all that. Um, what what have you learned from your own parents that is you know, that you've implemented in your role as a dad? That's a great question. Um, you know, I'm, I'm torn in answering it in the following sense. I, I have so much that I've learned from my parents and I'll, I'll share a couple of things there. And at the same time, I think one of the great challenges that we have to contend with is that it's just a different world, right? Like our parents, you know, and, and not to like keep coming back to tech, but our parents did not have to have conversations with us about like what it meant to have healthy online relationships. Uh, and so we're inventing a lot of this in the fly. But the things that I really look to, I'll, I'll, sh I'll shout out three things. Number one, just be present. My parents did an incredible job. When they were with us, they were with us. They didn't have distractions. They weren't kind of multitasking, kind of being with, I mean, they were with us. They were always available for that conversation. And we came away feeling like we were the most important thing to them at that time. And I think that's... Uh, that's so important. I think number two, they made sure that family time mattered. We had dinners as a family every single night. Uh, you know, and I did sports in high school and my sister had activities and you know, there was a lot going on. But every single night we sat down around the table and they just made that like a sacred moment that it was the norm. It wasn't like, are we going to, it's like, nope, this is happening. And you have a you better have a darn good excuse if uh, if it's not going to happen. And even then, it probably still was going to happen. 
Mm. And then uh, I think the third thing, I feel really grateful for this. Um, my grandparents lived in the same city as me. And uh, my parents really impressed that stories matter. And my grandparents would tell stories around the table or afterwards in the den. And I saw my parents captivated by it and like really listening and learning from it. And it just was this one, like I learned so much from listening to my, uh, my grandparents, you know, one uh, grew up during the depression, fought in world war two. One was born in Europe, fought with the French foreign legion. One was born in Vienna, barely escaped world war two. I just like these incredible stories that defined my childhood. Right. I just had all these stories in my mind because stories matter in our house. So those were three things that I loved and we've really tried to pass on to our kids. That's great. Um, I love that. And I think you're right. Stories do are, are important in our families. I think that something else that kind of, and you're kind of doing it with your family, but uh, something else that I, I t- try to encourage my dads is you, you need to really build traditions with your kids because mm. um, those things, those traditions that they will carry on uh, when they start having kids and, and, you know, the fact that you're doing that with your own kids based on how you were raised, uh, that's that tradition, uh, that you're keeping true in your family. So that's cool. Um, it's, you know, as a coach, you know, I coach high school ball and I coached my boys as they grew up on just about every single team that they played on. I was their head coach. Mm-hmm. And just because I was that involved with them and built that bond and that relationship with them, they now, when they have kids, hopefully it's a few years down the road, but when they have kids, they'll, they'll want to, they're, they're, they've already told me that they're, they plan on coaching their kids in, in their sports. So I've, cr- I've changed the trajectory of my family history because when I grew up, my parents worked a lot and they were there, they were around, but they weren't involved. They weren't present because they were, you know, no knock on them. They had, they had jobs to do and stuff. They, they were trying to provide for the family, but the, I can count on one hand, how many sporting events that they came to. And I, I vowed I wouldn't be that way with my kids. So, um, traditions are awesome. Uh, stories are so impactful. And I remember a lot of stories that I heard from my own grandfather about different things that he went through. So, uh, very cool. Very yeah, cool. Brian, if, if, uh, if I could share one thing, a, a friend yeah, shared a book with me not too long ago, sometime last year, the book's called you are what you love. And it makes an interesting point. I'll kind of paint it at a high level. It says you are what you love. You might not love what you think you love and your habits really shape your loves. And what he's trying to get to is that it's not what you think, right? We're, we're not, you know, Descartes maybe had it wrong. We're not thinking beings. We're actually longing, loving beings that, drive towards something. And that's the most important thing that we need to get right. And oftentimes we don't love what we think we love. And the thing that really shapes what we actually really are driving towards are our habits. So get those habits, those traditions, those rituals, right. And then doing, you know, following what you, the the direction that you want to head in becomes a heck of a lot easier. So I did not do justice to that book right now, but really provocative uh, work that for me just emphasized how important those traditions are. Very cool. Thank you for sharing that. Now, let me ask you the one last question. Uh, I know you have a busy day, so I want to let you go. But this is a question that I ask all my parents. And it's a question that I've asked my kids. And and it's a question that should be asked regularly of your kids as they grow and mature and develop. If I were to ask your kids, tell me something about your dad, what would you think that they would say about you? I'll give you two answers. Um, The first, which I love is they think I'm a master fixer, which I derive such joy from, you know, for them, it means that I can put batteries in toys and like right. use super glue. And I hate to say this, I shouldn't disclose, but like that's Brian. That's like 
as far as I go, pretty much. Like I'm not a master fixer, <laughs> but in their eyes, it's just like I can, you know, I can do anything. And so um, I know that moment will not last forever. And while it's there now, I will cherish it. So that's one. I think on a slightly more serious level, um, I think my kids would say that I try hard and I don't always get it right. I make a lot of mistakes. You know, I can talk about the aspirations and the standards that we try and uphold. And like, you know, half the time, like we're not hitting it, but I think they know that I'm really trying hard. And so, uh, you know, just going back earlier, like I really want to be present for my kids. You know, sometimes I've like, I got the call that just came in. I've got it. So I'm not perfect, but I think they sense that I'm really trying, you know, maybe I tell myself that, but I think that's important. So, and uh, we really try and reinforce it by telling them that like effort is what matters. You can't always control the outcomes, but you can control the effort. And the most powerful way to impart that to them is to show them, you know, and, and for them to see me struggle and sometimes fail, but like get right back up and keep going, uh, we hope has an impact. So I think they would say that, you know, they've, they've kind of in their own way and their, their own age appropriate level have uh, conveyed that they understand that that's important and they, they, they see me trying. So hopeful to continue to cultivate that. Very good. Very good. Now uh, you have a homework assignment, Sean. Uh, when you talk to your kids today, uh, I want you to ask them that question and see what they tell you. And then uh, you have an ongoing homework assignment. And that is to, uh, as they grow and, and kind of go through their stages of life, I want you to continue to ask that question of them because not only it, will it, they're going to be honest with you. Uh, they're going to be, <laughs> their kids are going to be honest. So they're going to be honest with you. Um, but it'll help you as a dad improve. If there's areas that you need to work on, they'll tell you. And uh, it's, hey, why not ask our kids straight up? What do I need to do? What What is it about me that 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 you would say that that I'm doing great? And what is it about me that you'd say that I need to work on? And they'll be honest. So very cool. Much appreciated. Something I will ask at the dinner table tonight. <laughs> awesome. Um, so Sean, first of all, thank you very much for being on. For my listeners that want to learn more, a little bit more about Canopy and how they can get get a, get their app on their phones or to help out their families, where can they do that? What's the best place for them to do that? Well, Brian, thank you so much for asking. And thanks also for your help raising awareness. We hope we can do a lot of good for families with this tech. So if you're interested in learning more, you can go to canopy.us forward slash dad up. And there, uh, it's our partnership page. You can learn more about the technology, uh, discern how it works, and also take the next step to sign up. We also have listed there our promo code, which is DADUP, which if you use that at checkout, you'll get 30 days free and 15% off forever, thanks to the partnership that we have. So again, that's canopy.us forward slash DADUP. And you know we're really excited to get out there and hopefully help families navigate this crazy new digital world, giving parents the peace of mind and kids the freedom to explore without uh, the risk of bad content. So very grateful to be working with you, Brian, uh, and the whole data community and excited uh, for us all together to take the next few steps. Yeah, awesome. So for my listeners, if um, what he's referring to is the promo code to get not only the, the trial and the, the lifetime discount. Now, this isn't a discount that's um, 90 days or one year. This is lifetime. So that's huge. And I thank you, Sean. And I thank you and Canopy for giving that uh, that that code out or that discount for my listeners. Uh, but if you go to my profile on my Instagram page under my link tree, there's actually a link there. All you have to do is click on that link and it'll bring you right to the page and you can check it out and sign up. So 
Um, Sean, it has been an absolute pleasure. I'm glad you took the time out of your busy day to, uh, to come on and talk not only about Canopy, but about your family. Um, I'm excited for what you guys are doing in Canopy, and I'm glad I'm partnered with you. It's a, it's a company that I fully 100% support and back. And uh, I, if there's anything I can do further to help you guys along, please let me know. Um, but I appreciate you. Uh, you represent the data community very well, and I appreciate our friendship, brother. Likewise, Brian. So grateful for the time today and hopefully uh, the first of many such conversations like this. Thanks for listening to the Dad Up Podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss the next weekly episode. While you're at it, leave a rating and review. And if you know someone this show can help, be sure to share it with them. Want to learn more? Check out the website at dadupptribe.com or leave Brian a message on Instagram at dad up podcast.